0: a father's grief, a child's abandonment, a lover's transformation. Peel back the skin and witness the beating, bloody heart of author Eric Laraca's debut fiction collection, The Strange Thing We Become and Other Dark Tales. Hot off the release of the best-selling novella, Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke, Laraca's new collection features eight chilling tales of the macabre. Praised by iconic voices in horror such as Daniel Krauss, Tim Waggoner, and Chad Lutzky, this collection is sure to be one of the most talked about collections released this year. The Strange Thing We Become and Other Dark Tales releases on September 1st, 2021 from Off Limits Press and is available to order wherever books are sold.
1: Here at HorrorOasis.com, we are advocates of the horror genre and strive to amplify underrepresented voices in the horror community. This space is for indie artists to promote their work. Please enjoy your stay,
0: and hopefully, it's not your last.
1: Looking for your next horror writing podcast fix? The This Is Horror podcast for readers, writers, and creators is the ultimate show for writing advice, tips, and a personal look into the lives of all your favorite authors. This is Horror Podcast. Listen in to long form conversations with some of the best writers and creatives on the planet. Over 400 episodes with masters of horror such as Joe R. Lansdale, Chuck Ponick, Josh Mallerman, Joe Hill, Charlene Harris, Craig Clevenger. Ellen Datlow Kathy Koja and many more The This Is Horror Podcast Listen in at www.thisishorror.com That's the This Is Horror Podcast for readers, writers and creators Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 115 of Dead Space. Before we start, just want to remind you that. Our friend at This Is Horror Podcast with Michael David Wilson and Bob Pastorella. Uh, Michael offers an editing and writing consultation. He is someone that I would go to bat for. I'm going to speak for Brennan. and assume he would go for bat for him too. He, he knows his stuff. So he has worked with Josh Malerman and Dave Moody amongst many other people, other writers. If you want more information on that, go to michaeldavidwilson.co.uk slash editing. Welcome to Deadhead Space. this is part of Silver Shamrock's HorrorCast, a podcast network that includes Killing Time with Silver Shamrock and Unbearing the Dead, where we exhume classic horror paperbacks for the new generation. I'm your host, Patrick R. McDonough. Joined always, actually not always, but joined once again, reunited with my buddy after the last three episodes, Brennan LaFaro. Say hi, Brennan, I missed you, bud
0: hello everybody and thanks for holding down the fort and not screwing actually i was going to say not screwing things up too badly but i haven't listened to those episodes yet so i'll hold judgment
1: i'll tell you what i so just for those that might be new to the show listening or heather or whoever else but the last three episodes were keith lansdale um he is like his father he can talk forever and it's always funny and interesting followed by john langan author of the fisherman um that guy can talk twice as much as me and he's three times as smart as me so that was fun and Catriona Ward uh author of the uh The Last House on Needless Street surprisingly I didn't do any spoilers that's a book that's very hard to not spoil so you you be the judge of that Brennan um uh, today we are talking with the lovely uh, author of Walking Through Needles Heather Levy welcome back Heather.
2: Hi guys how are y'all doing? <laughs>
1: Really great, and you know what? I'm kind of glad that uh, it ha- things happened, not the reasons behind the why, but how things happened the way they did. Where you come on first with Sean and surprise him, and then now, like a few weeks later, you're talking to us. This is a this is pretty fun, Brennan. Um, what what do you got to say? I, I feel like you got something. I uh,
0: yeah, you know, I'm happy to have you back as well. We had an absolute blast with you on this episode, on that episode, and you know, we we both talked. Uh, you know in that time leading up saying we couldn't wait for this one. Uh, so Heather typically we start by asking our guests what got you into horror but that's not necessarily <laughs> what you're known for. No. So I'm going to start with something a little more basic. I want to know what got you into writing.
2: Okay. Well, um I've, you know, just like a lot of people, I've I've been writing since I was a kid uh, it wasn't until I was in high school, I was in this, um, I don't know what they would call it now, but it was like, kind of like a gifted and talented type thing where they would pull people from class and you would go to this like little room with computers and just chill on beanbags and talk about life. And that was supposed to be enriching. Um, and I had a teacher who headed up that program, and she had read some of my essays. She taught English in, in high school. And she was like, you know, you should really uh, do something with this, with with writing. And it was the first time that I ever thought about, wow, I could, maybe I could actually earn a living doing this. <laughs> and and it wasn't until I, I struggled as a young person trying to get my work out there. I, I came from writing short fiction um, and poetry, so um those are two things that. Um, so, well, th- it can be an easier market to get into, but it wasn't something that I could really see myself making money with, as you guys probably know. Like short stories don't sell very much. I mean, you, like, might you might be lucky if you get fifty bucks off of a story. So, um, so I, I was like, forget this. This 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 is like, this is going to work for me. I'm gonna. I need to make some money. So I went to college. You know, did that. Got, got my degrees. Um, it wasn't until way later in life that I, I really started to pursue actual writing. Um, but uh, as far as like who really inspired me to write, it was actually uh, one of my favorite writers, Pamela Sargent. I don't know if you're familiar with her at all. Uh, she is actually a sci-fi writer. She wrote The Shore of Women, um, which is this kind of epic uh, female power, uh, futuristic dystopia type book, which is not anything like what I, I write at all. But she had these amazing characters, well-drawn characters. And, and I just, I, I wanted to write like that. I wanted to write where someone could, would really care about a character, where they felt so real that you would cry if something happened, you know, something horrible happened to them. Uh, so that was always in the back of my mind whenever I was writing, but yeah, I did, I did not, I, I, I never thought that I was actually going to make a living doing writing. It was always something that I did in the background of other things. So this is the first time in my life where I'm kind of putting it more in the forefront and it only took me
0: till almost age 42. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're good there. I'm, you know, I'm so interested in that uh, that high school program with the beanbags and the gifted Aww. program. My high school yeah. either didn't have that or I was never invited, uh, you know, <laughs> toss up there. But, uh, you know, you mentioned that one of your big influences um, was a science fiction writer. And even though, you know, with your book coming out through Polis and some of the people who are blurbing it and, of course, the content itself, you're getting a little bit lumped in with uh, the crime genre. Um, I, I had read that you said you never really sought to, you know, firmly establish yourself in one genre, um, that you just, you know, wanted to tell damn good stories. So I guess, you know, what, what led to the origin, uh, of walking through needles saying this is going to be the first one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So uh, walking through needles was not my first book. It was actually my third completed book um and I can't even tell you how many countless other um half two-third finished books that I had prior to that uh, but whenever I I was I, I so I finished Walking Through Needles during my MFA program or I began it and ended it uh within like maybe the first two semesters of of, uh, of the program it was a two-year program and I knew it was going to be a difficult book, um, mainly because my <laughs> my writing mentor at the time, Lou Burney, who um, was a crime fiction writer, he, he wrote Long and Far We Gone and November Road, which was, you know, option for film. And he kept saying, this is, you know, this is really good. It's just going to be really hard um, because of the content of it, the, the themes. Um, but it was the first book where I really... I, I just knew this was the one that I wanted to come out of the gate with because it was the closest to me. Um, you know, a, a lot of the themes, a lot of the the issues um, uh, that I that I had growing up with with feeling different um, as a as a masochist, like that was something that I wanted to really put forth with the book. And yeah, I, I just I could not it was just one of those things I could not give up that book. And I did query the first two books. I actually heavily queried my first book, which was a big mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I got, I got a lot of bites. I got like, you know, a good um, 30, 40% bite uh, for full requests on it. And I knew something was missing from it. And, and, I, and I can go back and read that first book and, and think, yeah, there's some, you know, I could probably rework this and do something with it. But, you know, once you've, once you've kind of had something and it dies uh, or it doesn't go anywhere, you, it's, it's hard to go back to those, those uh, projects once they're <laughs> in bed, you're like, ah, oh, you're just there now and <laughs> I'm moving forward. Uh, the second book though, um, uh, I I really I I probably will go back and try to try to rework something because I really uh, I think I think it's a a story worth worthwhile going back to. But no, Walking Three Needles was the one I was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to fight for this one. And I had queried and queried even after, um, you know, my after my program ended. It wasn't until Pitch Wars. It was just that random post that I saw from Kelly Garrett showing. Hey, pitch wars is due tomorrow, and I looked. I looked at the requirements. I'm like, I can throw something together really fast for that. <laughs> I can. So I wrote a prologue for Walking Through Needles because obviously, you know, having read it, it did not have a prologue. Um, I actually hate prologues <laughs> mostly, <laughs> like for myself. I mean, they work. They work for a lot of stories, but I just, I for myself, I, I just don't. I, I just avoid them. Um, but I knew that I had to get in there really fast because I only had 20 pages to submit for the application and Wayne, uh, Fargo and Haley Sutton, uh, they, you know, they were my pitch wars mentors and they, they, they said, yeah, that's the one that got you in the door. That prologue got you in the door, but we knew we were going to cut it like right from the beginning. So <laughs> I'm like, great. Well, <laughs> then it was the right move because it was, that's what got walking through needles out into the world. So.
1: I want to put a pin in walking through needles. That's a very interesting story, though. I never knew all that about it. But I want to go back to the sci-fi author that influenced you, because I got one too. Yeah. It's by Paulo Bacigalupi. Uh, he wrote this book called *The Wind-Up Girl*, where it's just. Uh, and I'm not one that's like into steampunk and all that, but this is um, how do they how do they word it? It's a biopunk science fiction. It's based in okay. Thailand. Yeah. (laughs) What does uh, that mean? (laughs) uh, So the definition of biopunk is just, uh, it's a subgenre, and I'm reading this, it's not from my memory, it's a subgenre of science fiction that focuses on biotechnology, so,
0: okay,
1: yeah. Well, it talks a lot more about that stuff, but it's based in Asia, um, and it's just real interesting, it deals with a hitman, wind-up girl is just like a type of animatronic human, there's wind-up butterflies and stuff that are mentioned it's just a different world in the future and what caught my attention was the cover it's uh these men in red robes pulling an elephant behind is a zeppelin with uh on the horizons this really neat uh city um just a bunch of tall buildings and the elephants being pulled through this bazaar. this like this market it could be a flea market i'm not sure but as soon as i read it i'm like i want to write something like this like, not this subject matter, but it's so different from anything I've ever read. I just want someone to give my thing a chance and after the first yeah. pe- chapter be like, all right, game on. Let's see where it goes.
2: Well, I'll tell you. Okay, so for sure, of Women in particular, that was actually not the first book that I had read of Pamela Sargent. And she's she's like um, one of the founding mothers of sci-fi for women, I learned later on. Because I am, like I said, I'm I'm not like... Super heavy into sci-fi. Um, there are very specific books that I really uh, love, like *The Man Who Folded Himself* by um, David Gerard. Uh, that is a classic time travel type book where uh, the character ultimately, <laughs> like, ends up confronting himself, even in uh, as a d- different gender. And it kind of, oh, you wow. know, presented itself as like, "What would you do if you could, you know?" hook up with yourself (laughs) like who wouldn't but so so, and and i was i was a teen when i was reading these uh so like a lot of my sexual exploration kind of came from these these weird you know just like out there sci-fi books um but sure women uh yeah i mean it really it okay so the cover of the book which i almost wanted to grab the book to show you but um (laughs) <laughs> I have like three copies somehow. I don't know. My husband like got, got a bunch of uh, her books signed for me like one Christmas several years ago. And I actually was trying to uh, option. I was, I was trying to buy the rights for her uh, book called alien upstairs, uh, which really isn't really about aliens, but like, <laughs> you, you just have to read it. It's, 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 it's a very short book and I thought this would be an amazing movie. And I still do to this day. Um, but at the time it was like thousands of dollars and I was really young and I'm like, yeah, I'm poor. I can't do this, (laughs) but she's a, she's an amazing, she's like super nice woman. Um, but yeah, the cover shore of women, it's like, like just a, like a world, just this futuristic world with these enclaves. Right. And, and it's, all these women as goddesses because the premise of the book is years years from now men have destroyed the planet uh like the environment uh, or almost destroyed it with uh nuclear bombs you know war warfare and so the women like everybody's underground for a while and then the women uh, kind of band together and decide like we can't let the men have control again <laughs> This is this is, yes it's a very it's a very feminist driven book but it also well, it kind of it is
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so there's this um so they build this all these cities and it, obviously they need some seed from the men to keep things going you can't just have society without having the men participate in some way so they have created these little enclaves that the men go to to worship and they like you know, put on these little, um, uh, basically it's virtual reality. Uh, ha- like she, she has so, so. Many, and this book was written a long time ago. Okay. So like a lot of the technology that she describes in this book is like normal today. And it, it, it just, it blew my mind. Uh, even as a, as a kid, I was like, this is like a lot of this stuff is real now. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, So the, so they collect the semen from the men. They basically just show them erotic images (laughs) and they, and they collect, but, but the the women in their society, the women are, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, just, and they have relationships with themselves. Like they're, they're like a lesbian society pretty much. Um, and if you don't, if you feel any attraction to men, like that's Kind of a no-no situation. And then out in the men's world, which is outside, like they are kept outside in the wilderness. Um they they do have relationships too, but everything's everything's harsh and just this this horrible world. And uh so this one uh one character, the main one of the main characters, she um actually she didn't even do something. Her her mother did something horrible and she got kicked out of this like she got kicked out of the society. So she was pushed out as a teenager. So it's really like a coming coming-of-age story. <laughs> and then she meets up with this, this um young man, this teenage man, and he's very different from the other men that she comes across. She has to she has to present herself as a goddess so she doesn't get murdered. So she, oh, so they think she's a goddess who's outside and they worship to her and all this stuff. And she's just trying to figure out a way to survive. So, uh, but along the way, it, it kind of develops into this unusual love story and, and a hope for men and women to be able to, to still work together in the society. So, yeah, it's kind of like br- trying to bring down this, uh, this misconception that all men are horrible and all women are perfect. Like it, it, it's, it really was, was talking about those uh, relationships between men and women. And I I found that like, even at that age, I was like, yeah, I really, this is something that interests me. And so that's always something that I, that I look at with, with, with my own writing. Um, As you probably saw in Walking Through Needles, there's definitely a lot of, (laughs) you know, kind of that, that push and pull with the, the male and female characters. Um, but yeah, that, that book, Oh, I, I had, there are so many scenes in that book. (laughs) that I'm like, Oh my God, this is like borderline porn probably (laughs) to some people, but, (laughs) but it really wasn't, it really wasn't like to me back then. I was like, this is really erotic. And it's more, it's like it was an erotic moment within the book, but that's like the book itself is not like erotic. (laughs)
1: Brennan, I wanna jump in with one comment and then go for take, it. Take it away. The very first thing I thought about was, well, I don't know the statistics, but I'm pretty sure like men are responsible for like every war ever. Uh, where, did they mention war this in stuff. that book? <laughs> did they mention yeah. any any type of war in that book, or was it just like a world that men are in the wilderness and women are, are not?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was like pretty much there was some war to end all wars. And its situation and and you and you never really know if it's something that is across the world or if it's you know if if it's just this one uh, mass of land because you don't really know what it is you don't know if it's like uh, was the the united states and that's kind of how a lot of her books are like it's they're humans they're the pe- they're people um but they're in these worlds that are just unrecognizable but yet the the emotions behind everything and their actions that that's uh i guess i always looked at it as humanistic sci-fi um you know there's not like uh they're they're not like always going to alien worlds you know she she does have have books that do go into that um mostly with like uh she has an earth seed series where these young people like teenagers are shipped off and uh on this little the shit that is is supposed to like be earth like and they're being shipped off to another planet to help populate that new space that, cause our planet's destroyed. And, um, and then it kind of turns into a little bit of Lord of the flies sort of situation because <laughs> not hmm. everybody, uh, wants to, um, do things a certain way, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I loved her work. It, it definitely, from, from the standpoint of character development, it, uh, she she was a pretty big influence in those early years.
1: Can you repeat her name again? Just so I want to write yeah,
2: down. Yeah, uh, Pamela Sargent. And that's S-A-R-G-E-N-T.
0: Brennan, take it I- away, sir. I was going to say, I always loved that facet of like dystopian science fiction that some works have where you can't be sure of the scope of it where it could just be this, you know, isolated city, it could be the country, and, you know, for all we know, the rest of the world's watching this place being like, well, they fucked up, and we're just going to leave them to it. Yeah. Um, where, it, Or or it could be that the entire world has kind of hit this, like, you know, beyond Thunderdome point. Um, I think it's such an interesting way of, of looking at it, that it could, you know, whereas we're all so united by, you know, technology, and, uh, you know, you can see what the rest of the world is up to the fact that we could go back to kind of that like Neolithic time where we're, we're, we're separated again. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting idea. So yeah. jumping off your point of borderline porn, I was hoping <laughs> that you would talk to us a little bit about the uh, nonfiction series you wrote. Welcome to the dungeon.
1: Before she does <laughs> that. I just want to, I just want to interject with, I just looked on Google for of her covers called women of wonder and, yeah, Heather's Heather's underselling it. These are fucking amazing. <laughs> They're just so cool. It's sci-fi, but it's like there's definite aspects of some kind of horror. God damn, this is terrifying to look at. <laughs> Sorry. I'll take it away, Heather.
2: <laughs> okay. okay. So um, so several years ago, uh, I, had, I, I met up with a um, – a, a local writer, uh, publisher, Charles Martin with Literati Press. Uh, he's now kind of leaned away from, or, or not, leaned, yeah, I guess leaned away from doing uh, books so much as going into comics. Like, he's kind of focused more on, on the po- comic end of things. But um, there are a lot of books under under his uh, his umbrella. Especially for one of my friends, I have to do a shout out to Mur Winery. Uh, which I know you probably I've probably mentioned him before to you guys I'm not sure if I've mentioned him but
1: I haven't uh,
0: heard that name from you
2: before he's he's in the horror world and he needs to be known like he needs to be known more than he is right now he's Myrrh he name? uh Mur wine, uh, winery okay I, I keep wanting to say winery and <laughs> I'll just tell you I just saw him over he just came down with his wife they, they live in Sepulpa and I, I love them I've been friends with them for for years and <laughs> he actually read he he read like some very early copies of, of Walking Through Needles. And he read the second the second book that I had written, which he still wants me to go back and do. Um, uh, but I didn't realize that I was saying his name wrong like forever. Um, I, <laughs> I still to this day call him Winery, but it's Winery.
0: <laughs> How do you spell that?
2: De- W-H-I-N-E-R-Y. I had to actually put my finger up to spell it, y'all. Do you do uh-huh. that? Does anybody do that? Okay.
0: Sometimes. (laughs) I'm trying to find them online.
2: I'm five years old. I have
0: to. It does seem like it would be winery in your defense.
2: (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: W-I-N-E-R-Y. Winery. Winery.
2: Yeah. And uh, first name, Mer. So M-E-R. And he came out with his first novella. Like he's he's had some short fiction collections that are amazing. Uh, You should definitely look up the story, The Projectionist.
1: Um, oh, you have told me about him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he, and then his first novella was "Trade Your Coffin for a Gun," which, uh, like, if that isn't made into some kind of, just, it's got to be made into a film, something like it's just so good. Um, so, highly suggest. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even. How did I get onto him? Oh yeah, because we're wine talking drinks. about wine. <laughs> <laughs> So so he is actually Winery is actually he, he was uh, an, an author under Literati Press. Um, and then he's done some things with Muzzle and Press, which I, I've done as well. Uh, you're probably like, you might be familiar with with Muzzle and Press. They, do, they have some really great horror and some weird like some bizarro kind of horror. Too. Brenner,
0: are you familiar with them? I feel like I've heard it before, but I couldn't, you know, name, nail down a title that came out through them.
2: Okay. Well, I'm in one of those titles.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. Later, so nail it down for us. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. So, so yeah, so we actually but both Burr and myself have, have a, a story in Matthew Bartlett or like um, uh, yeah, him. Oh, there's some really great writers in this uh, collection. It's uh, Behold the Undead of Dracula. And it's like a it, it was supposed to be a Hammer film anthology, like a Hammer film uh Kind of appreciation sort of anthology and somehow murr got me it. He, he's like you really need to submit for this you need to like do something for this they like need like a different you know different kind of voice and i'm like man i haven't written horror in a while like i have written horror in the past just like sh- just some short fiction but i um <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not something that that i consider myself to be amazing at by any means but I was damn proud of the story that I did right, which is the You Should Smile More, The Blood Coven of Arcana. And I actually want to kind of create, I would kind of want to expand on the Arcana world. Like I'm kind of thinking I want to create that as my, my uh, fake city. You know, a lot of people write a, like a, a series or even standalones, but they all take place. You know, Stephen King, like he always says, but yeah, so I, I could I could see doing that with Arcana. Um but in any case so I woo, rewind. So hey, i met G- Gwendolyn Keist is in that. Yeah, she is, yeah,
0: yeah. That's cool. Uh,
2: she's got a good story in that. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: But uh, so I met uh, Charles Martin and he's like, Hey, um, we we were just chatting and uh, and he's like, Would you be interested in you know putting some articles together? And it's been a while since I had written I, I I had a journalism background, so I was like, okay. You know, I was used to writing boring stuff. So I was kind of wanting to get into more uh, creative nonfiction. And so that kind of spurred a little bit of uh, more going into the creative nonfiction side of things. And (laughs) so, okay, (laughs) this is this is the story of, of, of how that article, that particular article, which was, I think, to this day, still. Uh, the biggest, had the biggest traffic on it. Um, The welcome, welcome to the dungeon uh, uh, article. So a a few friends of ours, or a couple friends of ours, uh, this was several years ago, they had, they were telling us about this place that they had gone to, um, and they were describing it like it was a circus. And, but involving like, you know, people exploring their sadism and masochism. And our friends at the time did not know that, for one, that I was a masochist and that it was at that point in my relationship with my husband, it was still new with him. Because um, it took me a, a few, like, it took me a couple of years to really open up with him about that. And um, so we were kind of, you know, exploring that side of our relationship. And so we were both looking at each other like, "Hell yes, we are going to the secret place," because it was a secret place. Um, and so we had to kind of get vetted first by the place. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of FetLife; it's like nope. Facebook, but for kinky people. No,
0: um, I am not fet- active. So a uh, fetish. Out there
2: now. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not out there. I, I haven't been active out there in a long time. But I did because it's just like I. Too much social media stuff, and and then you start getting ran. You know, you get the dick pics constantly. Let's make a For reference sure on that side.
1: Yeah, yeah let's make yeah. a reference to your guest host about the dick pic things. Uh, this is not an invitation to anyone listen to the show now or ever to send her a dick pic. Don't do that with every, any woman. No. <laughs> Don't, do with yeah. <laughs> yes. sure. Don't do that with anyone in general. That's Don't do that with anyone.
2: Okay. It's not as cute as you think it is. I will, I will pass it around and make fun of it. And <laughs> it will happen. Um, so, Pick so yeah, cards. so we, we uh, got, we had, we had, we got vetted. Uh, we had to sign paperwork to go to this place and, uh, and yeah, like we walked in and it was like, holy shit. Cause it was, it was the first time that I had been in a dungeon space Like, you know, a lot of people who are into kink, a lot of people who do consider themselves to be sadists, masochists, anywhere in between, uh, don't necessarily go to a dungeon, you know, or even have a local dungeon. Um, But we actually have a few here in Oklahoma. (laughs) So, you know, that was like the first one that I had gone to. And, and it I mean, it really, it did feel like walking into one of those late night HBO specials. Like, You've got someone over here in a cage. Uh, You've got another person over here being blood cupped, um, which blood cupping, if you're not familiar with, it's like, um, uh, gosh, like if you've ever seen the people who have the little glass uh, jars on their backs, it's an ancient uh, Asian, like, I don't know, like I'm not really sure what the heck it's for. So I guess it's supposed to draw out the impurities in your body and they just put a little heat like they put a little swab, like a, a cotton swab that's on fire into the glass so that it sucks all the air out. So boop, you just pop it in the skin and then it pulls the skin through the glass. And it looks very painful. Now imagine that, but you make a cut first <laughs> before you put that little jar on the skin. So it draws blood out at the same time. Oh my God, and then, I'm looking and, uh, at pictures. How am I doing this? Yes, yes. What the oh. fuck, Heather? Oh gosh. You're going down. you Oh get it. I'm on an radical. I'm recording an episode. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and then your wife looks up all that surgery. I was just saying that the worst
1: time for a time to come in, like, I'm recording an episode with Brennan and this this lady. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, like like that first that first time, um, you know, we we ended up uh, going upstairs. We we went we, we went with these friends who told us about this about this place. So we were there together. They are not actual. They're just like kinky people, but they are not into uh, S and M at all. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not even really sure that they're uh, either one of them is really so much into pain as much as they just they are into the experience. OK, they're like, OK, now I've had that experience and they moved on. So whenever they moved on, we were still going to that dungeon and we ended up going there for quite a while. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the, that first time we went upstairs and there was like <laughs> there was like this closet that had a glory hole. Uh, for one. And then there was this room that, it, I mean, it was just like mattresses back to back to back, uh, with sheets and yes, people did have sex up there and yes, you could watch them. And, you know, I'm, I i will not go into what I may or may not have done up there. I will say this, my husband and I are, um, probably one of the few monogamous people who are in this lifestyle um, or at least from, from what, what, from the people that I've met. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of a different thing. Cause you, you do have a lot of people come up to you and they want to play and, and, and they're like, Hey, are you into this? And the funniest thing, uh, at the time our son was going to this, he was going to a daycare and <laughs> so he wasn't school age yet. And we, we went to, we were at at the the dungeon (laughs) and we kept seeing this couple looking at us from across the way and they just kept staring us down and, and they looked vaguely familiar, but I could just could not place them at all. And they finally came up to us and they said, Hey, I think our kids go to the same (laughs) 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 daycare." And, and so we just started chatting and, and this was like right at the beginning of, of the, 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 the play space party and this this one woman gets up on a St. Andrew's cross if you're familiar with the St. Andrew's cross it just looks like a giant x and so she was tied up to that St. Andrew's cross naked and uh her partner began whipping her like straight up whipping her with a whip uh which you have to be really careful with that because that's a very dangerous um, implement to use if you don't know what you're doing and the The couple that were talking with us, they just looked over and looked terrified, and they were like, "What the hell is this?" and and they they kept looking around and seeing more and more people getting beat <laughs> or tied up or whatever. And they're like, "Is this what this is about?" Like, they just looked so confused, and then we just looked at them like, what do you think this is about? What, Where do you think you are right now? <laughs> they thought they went on the wrong night. Um, apparently, um, that same play space, they also would have a swingers night. So, <laughs> it was like a swingers club on their off night. So, <laughs> they thought they were going to a swingers party, and... Yeah, well, they 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 quickly realized like that was not for them, Uh, and they were trying to get us to swing with them. We're like, yeah, we're not really into that. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, we'll see you on Monday, when we drop our kids off. So (laughs) yeah, it was. But so I I did I wrote about that, and that was kind of that was my coming out uh, to everyone, to my family, uh, to certainly all like my friends and. Uh, and then I realized I was coming out to all the parents of our kids uh, and <laughs> friends, you know. And so, yeah, I had a lot of messages from people, like some people who are just r- thoroughly confused. My mom, he was still alive at the time. She just did not get it at all. She was like, I I don't understand. So, so wait. So Kyle's my husband's name. They're like, so Kyle's beating you and you like that? no no that is not it but yeah she just she just could not quite get that um but yeah my mom was about as traditional as you could get when it when it when it came to sex but not about talking about sex which is what surprised me my mom was always really open about talking about sex and that's why i've I've, i have always been open with talking about sex and so yeah, that's that's that was the thing that surprised me. I'm like, mom, really? Like, you're sitting there having conversations with me, um, and honestly, she she had you know, in in some ways, had been maybe like had shown me some things that were inappropriate for my age. You know, like I the first porn that I watched was with my mom. <laughs> I know, I
1: that's know. That's a title. You know, <laughs> that's a great title. I'm not kidding.
2: First story. I- I actually I I really want to write a piece about that one day because You should. It was one of those things where like I can go back and say, That was not appropriate. Like (laughs) that was definitely not appropriate. How old were you? Uh I was like, oh God, I wanna say I was maybe close to twelve. So I was I was pretty young. Like And my younger sister and I had broken into my brother's, (laughs) he had a filing cabinet in his room. He was still living at home at the time. And he was, my my brother's like, he was like, he's 11 years older than me. So, um, we broke into his filing cabinet and found all this, this porn, well, we found a bunch of videos and then we found all the magazines like Hustler. So I'm sitting there looking through all his magazines. I'm like, what? And then my mom, she caught us, and she's like, what are you girls doing? And she took one of the videos, she's like, let's see what's on (laughs) this. And we just sat there, and we watched it with her. And it was, like, some weird-ass, like, late 70s, maybe early 80s porn involving, like, an orgy with, like, this woman dressed as, like, a a blue alien kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was – that probably explains a lot about me, really. <laughs> but-
1: you know what? <laughs> I didn't think I'd say this ever on air, but fuck it. Mustache was found by my siblings, too, when I was a teenager. That was a weird <laughs> conversation to have with them.
2: <laughs> okay, so ha- so ha- so what happened? Like It was you- pictures.
1: Oh. It was printed from the you know family computer because the oh. cell phones weren't what they are today. Um, at one point... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: there's gonna, that point. <laughs> at,
1: one, at one point uh my mom and i had a talk and i'm just all i said and all I, I could have said more but i doubt it i just remember me saying mom i'm a guy this is what we do <laughs> yeah i don't think we talked about that shit ever again
0: <laughs> um, i can imagine huh what was you know guy Chuck, Chuck Polanek to... always says everybody's got a box of porn story, and uh, yeah. that, that sounds like yours. <laughs> but hey, <Yes.
1: laughs> mine was in a Wheaties box. So the, why they were looking in the? It's an because uh, I collect uh, or used to collect. I'm a big fan of the Boston Celtics in the '80s era, and Larry Bird is like my favorite athlete ever. So it was like friends <laughs> probably gonna laugh. It's like a Larry Bird Wheaties box that was empty though it's a collector <laughs> collectible thing i didn't think anyone would look <laughs> they are like what is
2: they were really wanting to try some of that cereal the old <laughs>
1: brother was a little kid at the time probably what? eight-ish oh no <laughs> they also introduced- ruined them I-, I mean i guess i'm at fault but Brandon, That's why don't you lie. take over <laughs> Do you have any questions about the dungeon? Because there's a lot that I have, but I want to hear what your thoughts are.
0: Uh, you know, I'm kind of curious. The subtitle of that article was uh, BDSM in the Bible Belt. Yeah. So you, you touched a little bit about, you know, the reception. Do you put yourself out there? And I, I'm wondering, do you feel like it was extreme because of where you live? I, you know, I, I have to say, I can't, you know living in massachusetts the uh you know progressive uh northeast uh i have no idea how an article like that would be received um i'm a school teacher so i'm you know i can if it was from (laughs) me i can make some uh some guesses but yeah uh back to back to the original question you know what was the reception like
2: okay so it there are a lot of kinky fuckers in the state okay (laughs) um that's what i that's the gist that i learned from it uh Honestly, besides like some people just having that, they were just confused at first about what that meant. And I think a a lot of people were more confused about my husband because he's so chill and laid back. Like if you ever meet my husband, he, he's just like the nicest guy he does. he, He, he's so helpful with other people. Uh, like he's like the first person to go help someone if they need it and they just could not picture him with, <laughs> with a flogger hitting me or spanking me or choking, me. definitely not choking me. Right. So th- those were all things that, uh, people had to wrap their mind around for some reason, they didn't have an, much problem thinking about me doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> but with him, yes, they were definitely confused about that. And the other thing, both my husband and myself, we had a lot of people asking us, uh, just about the lifestyle, like wanting to know more about it because they wanted to try out some of those aspects within their lives. Like, you know, they had been married for 15 years or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I just really want to do something to spice things up, which I understand. Like people do that all the time, you know, that's when in doubt, spank it out. Right. (laughs) Like it's gonna, it'll, it'll, you know, We'll do something for you, right? You just gotta do something different. Um, uh, for me, it, you know, it's a different thing than from my husband, who is not a natural sadist. Like for me, it's, it's like that uh, is um, a pretty big aspect of my life that I had to kind of keep under wraps and do a lot of things myself um, just because of past relationships that I had that I either didn't feel comfortable talking about that with, because I just in my gut, I knew they weren't gonna be receptive. Um, and, and then there were some people who just fully were not receptive at all, which is why I wanted to show a little bit of that with Sam, uh, with Sam's character and walking through needles. Like, you know, she kind of mentions like her some bad experiences that, that she had with it. Cause it can be very dangerous too, if you're not with somebody that you trust. Um, so that, those, those were all like, those are things that I, I discussed with a lot of people just about it being consensual first and foremost has to be consensual and you have to trust the person that you're with otherwise yeah you're going to have a shitty time of it <laughs> like i mean could you imagine somebody choking you out and then you, like they just keep going <laughs> like like you just you have to be able to trust someone and and not you know have it go into the territory of abuse cuz yeah i've known people who have been in those situations and that that's that was kind of part of what where walking through needles came from like what would happen if somebody Took advantage and manipulated somebody's sexuality like that um, think, for their
1: own means. I think it's good to talk about this stuff. It's not—I it, don't know why it's taboo. Uh, everyone has sex. Right?
2: I don't know. We there's so many. they're like anything that you could possibly imagine that deals with sexuality. Somebody's already done it for like a thousand years. So, <laughs> you know, BDSM—I uh, can guarantee—has been around for. <laughs>
1: as long as humans have been around. I love documentaries, and one of them was talking about ancient Egypt and their belief. Um, I can't remember if it's, like, covering everything in Egypt, but one of the religions of that area, um, they said in Egypt, so I'm going to go on a limb and say, just like Egyptians at that time, believed their god first essentially jerked off, and the sperm were or the deities, the lesser gods, then had sex, and they had their children had sex with each other until they were humans, so <laughs> yeah, because that happens. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about probably one Incess of the world's monsters. oldest religions, <laughs> yeah, incest yeah. monsters,
0: incest <laughs> monsters, yeah.
1: And then if you talk about Christianity, I mean, come on, you know, one in one, there's only two humans, makes uh, you know, all of us eventually.
2: I mean, still, incest monsters within like royalty, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You'd always have have that that royal that you had to hide away because like they, yeah, it was so scary. Sh- Scare Have you have you ever looked up some of those things like with like the the messed up royalty um, and you know in the past were just from all the incestual ins- breeding, right? To to keep to keep the the bloodline going, and there's some there's some freaky stories. Yeah, they. I mean, even Excuse even me. Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> She looks kind of all pale and
1: bluish and their bones are all fucked up.
2: <laughs> Watch, I'm gonna. they were going to people. Queen Elizabeth wasn't an incest baby. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, she could be. Brennan, what be do you got? What lady. do you got? What do you got to say about incest or uh, sex?
0: Uh, it's mostly that I just didn't foresee the possibility that the uh, British royal family would be coming after us for uh, the content of this episode. I but know they were that, coming. Right? <laughs>
2: nice (laughs) they have like their people putting the fillers out
0: like "Mm." hey somebody's listening i love it (laughs) why they would be
1: listening to this this show over the other choices obviously for good reasons so let's talk about let's talk about walking through needles (laughs) my very first question is uh what what were the steps you took from getting it where you talked about uh, the pitch wars to getting it in the hands of whoever I'm guessing Ch- Chantel um, at yeah. Polis.
2: Yeah, yeah. Chantel is actually with the Agora. Podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. We She's with the imprint. She's with the imprint But yeah, so I worked with Jason. Jason Pinter is my. He was my editor. uh In the, fa- the founder of Polis, and yeah. he, he's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you this story or not. So tell tell me stop if I already have because I know I've talked about this before with like other people. But uh, so yeah, I I found my publisher and my agent on the same day. Like that that happened the same day. So That's after pitch issue. after pitch wars, I was contacted by uh, Sandy Liu, who's my agent, and she, uh, <laughs> she she was like. Hey, are you still looking for some? <laughs> are you still open? I'm like, yes, I am. Um, and I was, I'll tell you, I had submitted to her at the very beginning. Whenever I was querying, walking through needles, and I didn't like. I don't even know if she even rejected it, but like, she just didn't respond at all. So I was like, oh crap! Like, I, and I, because she loves dark things. Like everything about her wish list was. In this book, and I'm like, oh, like I really, really wanted to work with her. Um, so I was really excited whenever I saw her uh, ping me for for pitch wars, and then we got on a call, and like that that day of the call that I had with Sandy, and then she offered rep. Um, that like like probably two hours later, I got uh, I was contacted by Polis. I was contacted by Jason, and he he's like, hey are you, um, you know, is, is this still available? Whatever, you know, I don't know what your situation is with like an agent or whatnot. And I just told him like, Hey, I actually just signed. And he's like, okay. So then I had to make a decision if I wanted to go on sub or if I wanted to work with polis, cause they were like ready to put an offer in hand right then. Whoa. <laughs> so, and it was, and it was really, and it was a, it was a it was a tricky choice, you know, cause I know a lot of people who've gone on sub, you know, they've gone on submission and it's like a month long process, sometimes years, you know, and then sometimes they get dropped by their agent within that process because they just, they, it it just doesn't sell. And so I was a little freak, freaked out about that, the thought of that, because as you know from reading this book, it is a difficult book. Like I knew those words from Lou Bernie were coming back to me. It's like, this is going to be a difficult book to sell. I'm like, ah. So in my mind, I knew that Polis uh, would be a good choice because they've they've the work that they've produced. Like it's kind of you know they take a chance. Mm. Um, It's not just cut and dry uh, crime fiction. Like they they really tap into some some different areas that I've never seen with other uh, crime fiction outfits. So I was like, yeah, you know, I need to just listen to my gut. My gut was saying go with Polis. And so, yeah, I let uh, Sandy know and uh, and then it, would, it just went from there. We just, you know, went through the process of editing, which, uh, <laughs> you know, I had already gone through a, it just a huge revision with Pitch Wars. So I was I was fully expecting to have a lot, a lot more revision to go because I, I really didn't know. You never know until you're working with an editor what what they're looking for, what they want to change up. Um, my biggest hope was that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to take away too much. Like he didn't want to want me to back away too much from certain areas. And he really didn't. I was actually pleasantly surprised how much he was okay with certain aspects of the book. (laughs) Like, you know, certain scenes, as you know, they're, they were tough for me to even write. So I know they were tough for people to read and, but there were some parts where he's like, you know what, maybe we don't need the description. of. <laughs> I did so much research. I don't know why I did so much research on ball hammers and I'll just say there's a part in the book um, that involves Sam that uh, was involving a ball hammer and, and you'll know when you read the book, uh, probably what part that is. And uh, there's a scene where, where Eric is talking with his, his dad, Isaac and, um, and Isaac kind of goes like he, he, he mentions some of those things and Jason's like, no, maybe we don't need that. Cause it's graphic enough. <laughs> I think we so, and, and that, and that really is true. Sometimes less is definitely more, especially when there are other scenes that do go to those really dark places. And yeah, you, a reader needs to have a little bit of a break. And I probably could have done with even more, like, <laughs> breaks. It's, kind of, it's, it's, it's not one of those books where, you know, you read like a crime book and it, it can be really dark. But then you have those moments of humor. And it's like, oh, okay. You, know, like, you get to breathe a little bit. There really wasn't a whole lot of that in my book, you know. No. <laughs> no. And every time I tried to put something in there that would kind of create that space. It just didn't feel right. It just seemed like I was just injecting it for no reason, like like forcing it in there. So I just decided this is just how it's going to be. It's just going to be a dark ass book, um, but hopefully with some hope in there, too. So, <laughs> but yeah, Jason was he was so great to work with. And, and I have no idea what's going to happen with this with the next book, if it will be with Polis or not. I'm not sure yet if it's going to be something that's up their alley. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a very different book than 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 walking through needles Um,
1: it kind of of walks the fine line of erotica at times
2: yes yes Uh, (laughs) Yes.
1: i like you said that yes yes.
2: i actually had a a writer friend of mine was like you know have you ever thought about just going full force with that and (laughs) and i'm trying to think of the uh, there was a book that they that i read oh my gosh now i'm trying to remember um i am so so horrible about remembering names of books uh it's like the girl in apartment nine or something like that do you know what i'm talking about like she's okay the book it's a crime it's a crime fiction book but uh it's about this agoraphobic woman i don't know she's a no she's not agoraphobic She's not really agoraphobic. She basically makes herself agoraphobic because she's a, she's a psychopath. Like she will kill people if she lets herself be free into society. So in order to sustain her existence, she does online porn and, and it's not like porn, porn. Like she's like one of those, uh, what do they call it? Like people just like pay to like, see you do like little things, but she, she's not like hardcore porn.
1: Like she's basically so like just softcore.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know
1: what the term is.
2: Um. Yeah, you know, you like get on Pornhub and they're like, click on here. It's like one of those. She's clickbait. <laughs> it's clickbait.
1: <one of> <laughs> <fake shit. laughs>
2: but she, so, something happens, in the, in the book, and and it uh, that revolves around um, pedophilia and like this really bad guy, and so she has to leave her her space to go help this, this potential victim, or, or I guess it was a victim. And, uh, and then in the process, she has to try not to murder people because apparently her, <laughs> her like psychopath brain just cannot turn off for that second. Um, but yeah, so that was the book that they recommended to me. And I read that and, and it is a very erotic book and, but it was still crime fiction. So it was like, okay, I could see myself doing something like that, but that's kind. Of, that wasn't the direction that I was ever planning on going in. I, I love reading erotic fiction. I love like uh, one of my favorite erotic writers is Tiffany Reince. Uh She did the Siren series. I mean, anytime you have a priest, uh, <laughs> it, it revolves around this 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 priest and. Uh, Too many jokes are
1: rolling uh, in my head right now. As a as a former <laughs> Roman Catholic,
2: <laughs> and he's a je- Jesuit priest, right? <laughs> oh, okay,
1: he's safe then, I guess. He's I don't safe, know. Right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, and of course his name is Soren. So, uh, but yeah, but it was you know I, I love reading that, and you and there's some amazing erotic uh, writers. Like it's not just fluff. You know, and and she's one of those writers. That she, her her books. She she actually wrote a crime fiction book too, called The Bourbon Thief, uh, which is very erotic, but it's but it's a it's a crime novel, and it's it's really it's worth it's worth checking out. It's a it's a really quick read. Um, she puts out like every year, she puts out like a really short kind of novella type book, um, for her fans, and I usually snatch them up. Like she had one that was was. Centered around Halloween and uh, Salem. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> I want to go to Salem so bad and just be there during Halloween. Oh, it's um, the best. So, yes. Yeah, so, it, it yeah. I mean, you guys are lucky. You're like, right. Cause you're both in, you're both in New, wait, are you both in New Jersey? I'm,
0: I'm in Mass. mass. You're in oh, no,
2: Mass. So, from you're from okay. Mass. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: So, you have like the fun area to be in during the yeah. fall. <laughs> Not Oklahoma, which d- doesn't know what we didn't. We don't know what season we're in right now. It's just summer forever now. I guess it's it's like summer and then ice storms. Like that's 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 our, those are our seasons now. <laughs> we used to have fall. We used to have spring. <laughs> yeah,
0: we did. <know. laughs> that <one>
1: was nice. <laughs> it was. It Speaking was of uh, Salem and dicks, Dix, uh, when I was <laughs> there, I had my camcorder. So years ago, uh, I was just recording because it was I October. Like I was. It was <laughs> October. <laughs> Uh, and I just see this group of friends, like, group of people around these two dudes, and this one guy is paying the other guy to uh, be kicked in the nuts for beer money. And uh, he kicked him so hard on the, the fourth and last uh nut shot, his feet left the ground.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I miss fall, though. And- I, I just want to go someplace where I can see actual leaves changing and not just one day they're there and the next day they're on the ground. and I have to like rake them up. so
0: I'm excited for fall. it's 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 gonna be not muggy and ninety degrees at some point. I just know <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like i I just I want to be i want, I want to be on the east coast and it, it just seems like so there's so much history there and it just seems like a place to go to read a great horror fiction book or just i don't know like go meet a witch <laughs> just like a person who's living at like breathing as a witch down there because i feel like that is definitely happening there you, yes yeah. you yes. can read this yes. book
1: which is called slattery <laughs> falls based in new england it's a new england ghost story <laughs> it's
0: actually- i'm glad i don't even ah. have to plug my own shit that's great <laughs> Yes,
2: I actually I do actually do have it on my I have it on my October read list because I I love
0: to. Yeah,
1: it's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Patrick! Yay! Let's pretend it was me. (laughs) So, have you ever been to the East Coast before?
2: No, no, I haven't. It is it's one place that I I would just I would love to visit. Like I'm really dying to visit up there. Um, not during. Uh, you guys don't get like hurricanes, right, up there? right? We do. I don't know. We <laughs> do. Damn it! We got a hurricane <laughs> last okay, no. weekend. We
0: got another one on the way.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sand- like, what Sand- was Sand- that was whole thing? Me. So yeah. you did. Like, did you? Did you guys get like the flooding? That weird, crazy ass flooding. That's. Or,
0: I, we got some of it. Not nearly as bad as you know. We, we don't. We don't get them like Houston and like Louisiana get them, obviously. But um, yeah. usually they you know, they, they get downgraded to tropical storms by the time they get here.
1: They're bad you know, in New Jersey, man. <laughs> you know,
2: that was like one of the, that was, that was one of the terrifying things. Um, but also one of those, shit, we really missed that, uh, <laughs> that, that bullet. We dodged that bullet because, you know, we were supposed to be, my husband and I were supposed to be at BotcherCon. Uh VoucherCon, you know, being like the big crime uh, fiction um a convention for writers and readers and that was that that weekend that hurricane ida hit and damn like like all all my friends who live in new orleans they they're without power just everything was shut down just craziness and yeah so it was a good thing Doctor con got canceled
0: yeah.
2: yeah we would have we've i mean i, I definitely probably would have Been there. Were it not for the Delta, you know, variant being really heavy there, like we, like we were gonna go right up until, I don't know, like not even a month beforehand. I think is whenever I decided, okay, we're not, we, we just can't. It's not safe to go out there. Um, Yeah,
1: I think it was like only a day or two after you announced it that they said that they were canceling.
2: Yeah, I had a feeling that they would. There were just so many people who were canceling back and forth, and it got to the point where like a lot of my friends had already canceled and like, oh, shit, you know, like, that's what you, you go to conventions to see your friends to hang out, have a drink, shoot the shit, right? Talk about what you're working on. And it's just, you know, it's like, oh, man, my friends aren't gonna be there. I wanna go. So yeah, that's that was pretty that that factored into it as well. And just like me, I have like an autoimmune disease. So that was also weighed heavily on me like do I really want to go out there because I've, I've been vaccinated but like the that va- they they say that vaccinations and people with autoimmune diseases is just like not as great as in with people who are healthier so
0: you you like, get like 60 percent versus right, 90 something or something right. like that
2: yeah. yeah that's why I'm that's why I'm gonna get I'm getting my booster actually this week I'm I'm a little nervous about it I'm not gonna lie but I'm still gonna get it because i just i know people who've had the booster and they're like oh yeah be prepared for a couple of days of film like hell i'm like yeah oh, i did no. that once before that's what happened after my second shot but it was worth it like it, it you know it passed pretty fast but but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to next year with Dr. Khan and uh, and i'm just curious like what are cuz i i i am interested in going to like some kind of event on the east coast like what what horror events are going, because I I keep hearing my, my friend, uh, Craig Wolf, who has written horror, um, and uh, he would always go to this place in Rhode Island. There's like some big... Oh, place.
1: yeah, you're talking about the um, uh, Necro... Uh, yes! necro. Yeah. um it, I think it's like themed around Lovecraft, because uh, he's from uh, Providence.
2: Okay, so maybe I'm not going to be going to that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my my suggestion, and it's only I've literally only been there this year, first convention ever. It's Scares of Care, it's in Virginia, Williamsburg, Virginia. It's uh, Sean yeah, said okay. Sean Cosby said he, he was gonna go, but then he got sick,
0: yeah. and
1: uh, because I asked him, I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, can uh, if you go, can I get my book signed? And he goes, yeah, sure. And then he got sick, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: He got sick. <laughs> you saw. You no, he really saw, got sick. Uh, I feel
1: you bad saw now. Senna, though.
2: What, was, was Senna there? Yep. Is she going? Yeah, she's she's been great. Like she's she's, she's, she's We've been like you know since we're under. Uh, well, she's under Agora. I'm yeah, gonna, I know. I know you guys yeah, we, talk a lot. We've had, about yeah, each other. we've had a lot of a lot of conversations. She's she's a great person to to kind of you know chat with and. Yeah. Just, She's got, she's got a lot. I have no idea how she gets anything done. She's like amazing. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: she certainly has a lot under her. Uh, a
2: doctorate program, a yeah. full-time job, two kids with special needs. I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> I feel like I am definitely needing to do more in my life.
1: So <laughs> pretty sure we asked her that, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know how she does it all either. It's pretty impressive.
2: Of course, look at you guys, kids with the podcast. Like what? <laughs>
0: I got only I only got
1: one. I'm so tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I need something to not drive my wife crazy.
2: Isn't that like that that's like our isn't that kind of like the motto like every day it's just this I'm just so tired, but I'm just going <laughs>
0: to keep going to the next day. <laughs> Hopefully well, I it, I've, I've had days where I do less, where I take breaks and I'm still tired, so I might as well accomplish something.
2: Hey. <laughs> okay you
0: you're, you guys are doing more
2: than i feel like i'm doing right now so hey,
0: look, i'm not getting get i'm
1: not getting much writing done recently i'm okay with that but uh i'd like to get a book published before i'm uh, i don't know before i get out of my 30s i'm only 32 right now oh
0: so. my gosh oh gosh go. <laughs> so, he's a baby.
2: 10 years older than you <laughs> <laughs> but my goal, I, I really did seriously set this goal. It's like, I, <laughs> I have like these weird goals that I set for myself. Like when, when my husband and I got married, um, uh, we got, we purposely got married at a time where I, uh, he had just, um, he had just turned, oh God, what was he? 25. He had just turned 25 and I had, and I hadn't turned or no, I was 30 about going to turn 31. Cause he's about, we're about six years apart. And so we purposely got married so that it, it, he would, yeah, you know, I would still be like 30. I wouldn't be into the 30s. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, like 31 seemed to make all the difference. And then uh, afterwards, I said, okay, you know, I'm okay with having another kid. That's fine. But we mm-hmm. have to have, we have, I like, I'm not going to be pregnant past 32, and I really didn't yeah. think that we were gonna get pregnant. And then like right after we got married, like we barely tried anything and it was like boop, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> no, but I was really happy. I was really happy. Sorry, my son my son just like went to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was the best thing ever. Um, because he's he's an he's an amazing kid. And and I yeah. So but I I was one of those people I grew up, I like never thought I was gonna have kids. I didn't think I was gonna, gonna get married, and here I am, like. You know, a divorce, <laughs> like, and and got got married second time with two kids. Um, um, but I always told myself I'm gonna have a book out by the time I'm forty, and that did not happen. But I was um, I was forty whenever I got the book deals. So maybe that kind of counts. Counted. I don't know. Absolutely right? counts. Okay. You, okay. That you signed
0: that- on the line at forty.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, I signed on the line at 40, yeah, so I feel good, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that, oh no, wait, was I, shit, The t- no, I was 41, y'all, I'm sorry, I was 41, what was 2020? <laughs> 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 okay, there's like, the pandemic has messed up my ability to to, to track time. Oh, uh, what is time? time? Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, like, I got to yes, window. Yes, yes, I agree. Okay, uh, so yeah, maybe I was 41, <laughs> Yeah, I was forty-one. Right?
0: Just lie to people. Who (laughs) knows?
2: I was was forty. In my heart of hearts, I was forty.
1: Okay, so. (laughs) But yeah, Brandon, go ahead, buddy.
0: (laughs) Where do we go from there? I don't know. I had had nothing. I think we're
1: in
2: delirious mode. I think we're like like I'm tired. You guys are tired. It's Labor Day. I felt like I was laboring all day, okay? Isn't the point of Labor Day not to do stuff? I
0: don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> so jump our- I agree with that. <laughs> How about we jump Isn't into it- our uh,
1: wrap-down questions or wrap-up questions?
2: Okay.
1: What are you currently kind of reading yeah. right now, Heather? Oh, God.
2: Okay, so I just finished... Let me, let me pull up. Let me pull up. <laughs> I just finished reading... Um, all her little secrets by Wanda Morris. Oh wait, nobody. I, I forget. Nobody's gonna see this, right? They're not, are they Are are there? No,
1: there's a video version. Okay. Audience okay, there's a video version. Okay, so
2: all, all her little secrets by Wanda Morris. Uh, it was her. It's her debut book that's gonna be coming out uh, soon. I got an arc of it. Um, I was really excited to read it. She was actually—we were supposed to be on a panel together at VoucherCon. It was going to be my first panel, I believe her first panel, maybe too. Oh, uh, and she was going to be the moderator. It was like all debut uh, writer. So, um, uh, but it was really—it's a really great book. Uh, it's, it's she's a—it's um, about this black lawyer who walks in on her uh, her boss, who she was sleeping with, um, and he had blown his head off or so you think, but that is not how things turn out. And then she gets like wrapped up in this, this whole investigation. Meanwhile, she's trying to hide her own secrets from her past. And so it kind of goes back and forth between uh, the late seventies, early eighties to the present as, as a, um, you know, a black woman in this office of all these white Southern dudes who are uh, we, we learned some, some nasty things about them. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 the reason I really appreciate uh, this book is because she, she's writing from a, a character who's in her middle age. You know, she doesn't have kids. She like kind of missed that boat. Um, she doesn't have like a real relationship with, with, the, with anyone. She's not like a, like a partner. Uh, she barely has a, a lot of know relationships outside of work she's just kind of like a workaholic and i don't know there are not enough crime fiction books centered around middle-aged women and now that i'm like approaching that i'm not going to say that i'm middle-aged yet i am i'm still in the baby 40s okay i'm still in the baby 40s so i'm not quite there yet i don't know what is middle-aged now i was gonna say
1: isn't the age shifting up upward (laughs) For an average life, so it would make it middle age a little bit. Okay. More than it was.
2: Well, maybe I am middle I age. I have bar. no idea how long I'm gonna live. <laughs> I could be dying at eighty,
1: but. Uh, I'm <laughs> so. just trying to help you up. <laughs> yeah. So
2: so I, uh, I'm trying to. Think. i I'm like I've read so many different books, right? Uh, lately, um, uh, I you know, a while back I read Laura McHugh's uh, "What's Done in Darkness." That was a great uh, kind of Appalachian area, whatever, like or not, or no, I'm not but like uh, Ozark, that she 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 writes like in the Ozarks, like it's real gritty kind of rule um,
1: I love that show so much
2: yeah, and I actually went back and read because I, she, I kept having people tell me, you really need to read her work because your work kind of reminds me of hers, and so I was horrible, and when people tell me that, like I just don't, like I'm like, whatever <laughs> read it when I want and but I did I was like really curious and then I I read um the description of her book that had just recently come out and it's like okay I'm in I will I'll read this and then it just immediately drew me in like beautiful beautiful language uh she's very lyrical writer and I I like to say that I have some lyrical writing in mind so that that's kind a little bit my style so I can see where people were making some of the comparisons um and then I went back and read her de- her her debut from several years ago, uh, Way to Blood*, *The Way to Blood*, and I was like, "Shit, yeah, that." Actually, I felt like that book I could see. I, I-, I feel like that book was probably more uh, uh, ha- had some uh, ties with with how I write uh, than even *What's Done in Darkness*. But yeah, highly recommend her. Uh, There's so many great books that have come out. Uh, the other black girl. That was a great one. That one, I I think the description was get out meets the devil wears Prada. And that's a pretty damn good description. And you you get to a point in that book, you think you know where it's going. And then there's that Oh, shit moment. And you're like, Oh, like it's it's I, I mean, I know it's like kind of um, positioned as a thriller, maybe I'm, I'm not really sure how they positioned it. But uh, I see it kind of listed in the thriller world. Like she, like I was featured. the The LA Times feature with me was with her, with uh, a Harris, and the, and it oh, was nice. for uh, the other Black girl. And I'm like, oh shit! Um, Have you read I, that? I Have
1: you something. read that one? The other Black girl? Are you asking me? No, yeah, I'm asking you. Oh. Sorry, I rudely interrupted, <laughs> but I had to know. That yeah. right now.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh oh. oh. It's it's definitely has horror elements to it. I'll say this, yeah, it has horror elements. I think it looks it, really good. Uh, I can see it on the screen today, like, you know, just like Sean with Sean's any of his books, like, yeah, yeah, it, it's it, they're so cinematic, and that and her book was very much cinematic. And I mean, there are so many amazing debuts that came out this year. I'm like, holy shit, like, I am really scared to go up against, but I I don't even know how I can even possibly go up against those titles for next year when all the awards are starting to come out like I will be 100% happy for all you people listening out there if I do get nominated for like an Anthony for like best first novel that would be great I would love that um I fully don't expect to win though <laughs> just, just because there's just so many great uh, debuts this year and I'm like shit I so very modest. <laughs>
0: I did see
1: not to rough it in or whatever come off the runway, but I did see Don Winslow uh, mention uh, uh, her book, the other black girl, and that's how I heard first heard about it. It looks really good. That and T.J. Newman's uh, Fallen, I believe it's called.
2: I have not read that. Uh, I've heard mixed reviews on it from my fellow crime fiction writers, but hmm. um, uh, it's you know I have because it takes place on a plane, right? Okay, so uh, I this is kind of weird. Maybe I have a difficult time reading books that are in closed spaces and like the the setting is an enclosed space. I'm very claustrophobic, like extremely claustrophobic. And just those kinds of books. um, I almost felt that way a little bit with uh, Survive the Night, uh, which just came out. um, Riley Sager. I mm-hmm. think is how I say his uh, name, and he's a new writer for me. Um, there are so many writers that I, I like. I, I feel like I I still haven't explored yet. They're on my my to be read list. Uh, but I but I did I I did read Survive the Night, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. But it did make me a little claustrophobic, and with a lot of the scenes taking place in the car. Uh, but he did a great job uh, with kind of. Um, making it feel more expansive than that so i guess that's why i was able to to get through those parts until they would have like a rest stop (laughs) i'm like oh thank god they're in the diner
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it it
1: totally makes sense of claustrophobia thing i mean especially if it's well written uh yeah that's a lot of books man
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i was gonna say i don't think that's weird at all i mean any i don't think that's any stranger you know because if if you're writing I mean, I haven't read the book, but I would assume if you're writing an entire novel that takes place on an airplane, you have to take advantage of that small, enclosed space. You know, you have to you have to kind of play on that. Um, and, and I would say, you know, if that's an element of the plot, that's not any you know more odd than saying, oh, you know, I have trouble reading books that, you know, have. Sexual assault, or I have trouble reading books that have you know this or that or the other thing. It it's an element, um and you know if if done well, it's going to bring the reader in. So,
2: yeah, probably don't need a trigger warning for that, right? Claustrophobic spaces. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> but I do pay attention to that whenever I'm reading, uh, like you know the inside jacket. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll I'll give it a shot. Um, but yeah I'll, pro- I'll probably end up reading it I, I, eventually it's you know it's it's there but I for me I like really I I do like dark I like the darker crime fiction so um just read Megan Abbott's The Turnout and you know she's she's a she's a pretty big influencer for me like I love her work um one of her earlier books was actually uh that that was one of one of the books that I, whenever I was thinking of walking through needles, um, I was, I, I don't know why, but I always had that book in my mind of uh, the end of everything is, is, the, is the name of the book. And there's this uh, just a really interesting relationship between uh, the daughter character and the father in the book. And um, it's, it's kind of like, there, there are all these lines that keep getting crossed in various ways, uh, but the turnout actually uh, ended up, I, I think, is going to be a comp for the book that I'm writing right now. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised as I was reading it because I was, I'm like, damn, I'm going to have some trouble finding comps for for the book that I'm writing, and then I'm reading her book. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. It's got two crazy ass sisters and. And there are, you know, wildly different uh, perspectives and, and paths that they're on. But yet still very, like, talk about claustrophobic. It's, you know, it takes place primarily in a ballet studio and in this dilapidated house. And it feels, she has that way of, like, making the moments feel claustrophobic, even though you're not in a tight, enclosed space. Like, emotionally, uh, you you feel that, that just oh god I just need to get out I need to stretch and get away from this moment with with this these characters um but at the same time you want to stay and see what's happening it's very it's it's a truly voyeuristic read and I and I and I love those those are some of my favorite types of books where you you feel like damn I shouldn't be like I feel like I'm interrupting something um I feel like I shouldn't be here in this moment um but I'm glad I am so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love, love her work yeah She's, she just gets better and better. That's Speaking probably
1: one of my favorite books now, but first. Speaking of voyeuristic books that are pretty damn good, is uh, there? It's called, the title's called They're Watching by, again, Michael David Wilson and Bob Passarella, friends of the show. They run This Is Horror. Seriously, though, it's a good book. Um, They didn't ask me to promote plug that, but we're talking about voyeuristic books, and, uh, you know, there's dick references in there, but there's also some horror, too, and crime. So. yeah. Yeah. So it covers a lot of things that we talked about tonight.
0: (laughs) We make it sound like there's like an 80 20 dick references to horror ratio. Well, if Michael's
1: listening to this, that's exactly what I meant. (laughs) No kidding. Brendan, what are you reading?
0: Uh, I'm reading a couple things. So I am, one thing I'm reading right now is uh, Ross Jeffries, Only the Stains Remain. Um, So this one is. you know, I think every single blurb that he got on it says it's very Jack Ketchumy, and I, I can see that he he does it, uh, the the premise is um, these two little boys, their their mother passes away, and their dad kind of loses himself in al- alcoholism, and the uncles come in to uh, you know kind of help run the house, and they are just bad bad dudes, you know, in every imaginable sense, um, and he does a really good job, as weird as it is to phrase like this, Ross does, of implying. So there's all this really just horrific stuff happening to these kids, and he does a good job of letting, you know, the reader's imagination fill in the blanks and not being excessively graphic. Um, so I'm about a third of the, to there, and it's 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 a harrowing read. It's, it's something I'm going to take my time with. Uh, and the other thing because so we just ran an ad for this one. Uh, I am starting "The Strange Thing We Become" and other dark tales by Eric Laraca. Uh, I just read a story in here today called "Bodies Are for Burning," and it's it's a story that hit me different because I had read, you know, the novella he's getting so much praise for. Uh, things have gotten worse since we last spoke. Because you know, without spoilers, this story sets up something pretty early on where the main character is like, I'm going to do this horrific thing. And with with an unknown quantity, with another author, you might say, well, there's going to be a twist and there's no way the, the character is going to do that horrible thing. But knowing Eric's work, I said, there's a fair chance this horrible thing happens and I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it, it's you know, when when I read that other novella, it's like there's it's anxiety inducing and you know the the telltale sign of a good horror story is you're you're sweating you're on the edge of your seat you're like oh my god what's gonna happen uh and he he pulls that off nicely in here he's that guy is a talent
1: (laughs) yeah so for me i'm i'm finally finishing up uh chasing the boogeyman by richard schismar and uh fun fact is By the time this comes out, we might be airing this. But me and Brennan are, or it might have aired already. Not sure yet. Me and Brennan are going to start doing uh, reviews, uh, video reviews, just a little more extra content, just another way to spotlight authors. And that's the first book we're going to do Richard Shizmar's Chasing the Boogeyman. Um, Long story short, it's a kind of a new genre of uh, Shizmar's creation. He put himself in. His hometown, real life hometown, but I can't tell what's fake and what's not. And he intended it to be that way. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's a serial killer, and it's just it's it's really interesting. Um, haven't started this one yet, but Kenzie Jennings' uh, Red Station. It's a splatter western. It is a horror uh, taking place in the Old West with, um, I assume, lots of blood <laughs> by the look of the cover. I haven't read it yet. Brennan has; he says very good things. We'll be talking with
0: her. That station isn't red because that's the paint they chose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then look, look, I haven't dove into this one yet, but Don Winslow, "City on Fire." I'm really excited for that. Don's a great, yeah. he's a great writer. So um, I'm not gonna be surprised. Can't go
2: if wrong with him. Yeah, yeah
1: I can't, Won't be surprised if it's like a easy five stars listeners uh if you are interested in checking out anything that we have in our shop go to deadheadspace.com there is a shop tab also we have articles written by some guests of the past and uh, we have reviews if you're interested in that everything there is free except for what's in the shop so definitely caught myself there it's that stuff's not free uh where can people follow you heather (laughs) i'm sorry what Where can people follow you, Heather? Sorry, I talk real quick at times.
2: (laughs) We got a little (laughs) poop cup. People can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Heather L Levy. Um, So you know, just my name. (laughs) And and then I've got an author page on on Facebook. I, I'm one of those people, like, I have not made an author website, and I really need to, and I'm sure my agent would love for me to do that. <laughs> I just don't. Me and technology do not always get along well, but I'm, I'm trying my best. I even have a TikTok somewhere, but I don't even do anything. I just get tagged in a bunch of stuff from my daughter, so.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a trend. It's going to pass.
2: <laughs> Oh, but you know, all the people who can make it work to their advantage as a writer, good for you. Yeah. I am not that person.
1: <laughs> I'm not knocking on it. That's definitely good. Um, by the way, mispronounce your surname again.
0: David. Oh, it's
2: okay. It's okay. <laughs> hey, hey, like like I was saying, I, I mispronounced my own one of my best friends in life. I've been mispronouncing his name for uh, for years, apparently. I mean
0: that's how
2: you <laughs> it s- wasn't until this last weekend that I was like, oh, it's wittery. But it's really winery in my head. It's always going to be winery. Sorry,
0: that's sorry, you, mer,
2: it's always winery. I just winery. have
0: to get used to that. That's how you
1: spell it. That's how you spell winery. <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> but then people are like, well, that's uh, your name really is Levy. I have people correct me all the time. They're like, isn't it? Le- it's Or Levi. Levi. You're in Oklahoma. They're like, Levi. I'm like, I don't even know where you get that from. But no, it's Levy of the Levites
0: (laughs) you you gotta love that (laughs) I have people correct me all the time oh are you sure you're saying your own last name correctly (laughs) (laughs) what are your
2: (laughs) go call my mom first real quick
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you have any final thoughts Uh, it could be about absolutely anything
2: oh gosh Um, well you know uh, just go get my book (laughs) I mean, really, I, I just I, I appreciate everyone who's who's gone out and, and bought my book, have reviewed it. You, I know you guys both uh, read and reviewed it, and I really appreciate that. And it's been so much fun coming out here and, and, and talking with y'all. And, uh, you know, I say uh, definitely with October coming up, I'll get, give some love again to, to my buddy winery since I've been making fun Winery. <laughs> I'm making fun of his name. No, I'm not making fun of his name. Um, but but yeah, any of his work, I think you should definitely check it out if you haven't yet. He's so underrated. And speaking of splatter westerns, uh, Trade Your Copper Gun is definitely Old West. Uh, these three um, siblings, two are twins. One is mute because his tongue got cut out. Um, and uh, one is a witch. She is a badass witch. And yeah, the ba- the the Baba siblings you need to definitely i'm probably saying that wrong you too he'll probably correct me and be like you said it wrong but (laughs) but he could do that because we're like brother and sister that sounds like a great actually
1: premise he's 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 yeah he's he's a he's
2: a he's a great writer um but yeah just go check it out get Get your get your horror on. It's it's the season for it. I'm I'm counting this right now as fall. I know we we have a while till fall, but I still I have my Halloween decorations up well, already.
0: Count it. September 1st.
2: Yeah. September 1st. Yep. Well, this Done. year's
1: the 23rd of September, so that's pretty damn close October.
2: It is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, final thoughts, madam? I am just realizing sense. we 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 spent we spent half the uh, just, half the episode. You didn't episode.
1: even realize I called him Madam. I don't even mean to. Say yeah, I just skipped that.
0: over it. I don't. I don't care. Um,
1: <laughs> I really didn't mean to call you that. Sorry, my mind's mush at I'm the just moment. I'm thinking
0: we spent half the episode just fudging numbers, but uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to thank Heather for uh, spending her whatever night of the week this is. It's Monday. It's Labor Day. Uh, thank you for spending Monday with us. Uh, you know, people who are listening to this, make sure you check the video out on YouTube so you can see how Heather accessorizes her her uh, lipstick and her hair. Um, I, I, I couldn't do it um, either <clears throat> for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> less less reasons than Patrick, anyway, uh, and and because she's too modest to straight out, you know, say it. Check out uh, Walking Through Needles. It is a fabulous debut. Uh, you'll you'll love it, or you'll hate it, or you'll be middle of the road on it. But no, it's a uh, it's. I think last time you were on here, we said this is a fearless book, and it is absolutely worth your time. I think Sean said that.
2: Yeah, Sean. Yes. If, you do, if you don't believe any of us, believe Sean Cosby. He's a New York Times
1: bestseller. <laughs> that's 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 Sean Andre Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him what what the A stood for, and he just gave us an answer that I did not expect, and it was just funny. But um, <laughs> if you want to listen to what that answer was, you got to go back to listen to Sean's yeah. first episode. Uh, my final thoughts. Thank you, Heather, for your time. We love talking to you. We'll obviously be extending an invite again in the future. And, um, yeah, read Walking Through Needles. It's for debut especially. Uh, she's modest. It's, it's a damn good book. Um, and it could fight on its own uh, with those other books that we mentioned uh listeners next episode is episode 116 with eric laraca that airs next monday so heather we appreciate your time brennan appreciate you as always listeners you have many choices in podcasts thank you for listening to us good night Deadhead space. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Heather. That was.
2: Thank you.
1: That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. You
2: too. Have a good night.
1: Thanks. You too. Bye. 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 Did I just stop? (laughs) Ooh. Eight Eight
2: o'clock. I don't know how you guys are doing this at (laughs) night.
0: No choice. Yeah.
1: If like, want, the kids,
0: kids are in bed.
1: Yeah. White, wife, wife, our wives permitted at this hour. <laughs> Sounds Alrighty. good. Alrighty, uh, Brennan and Heather, are you two ready? And can y'all hear each other?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> I, that it, this looks really horrible, though. It doesn't. It looks matter. like. Mel- yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm just
1: gonna say it looks like you're milking a cow. Let's leave it at that. the <laughs>
2: It's just a sign that I'm a little thirsty, right? <laughs> oh my god! Okay.
1: I thought you were <laughs> double entendre. Welcome to. I, mean, I am
0: good about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh,
2: all right. <laughs> I should have had I should have had like wine ready, but I figured, okay, you know, I'm gonna be sober for this. But like, I don't even have an edible in me, so it's pretty
1: good. <laughs> like, oh, this <laughs> is just sad. really me. <laughs> Why is it that only when Heather comes on there's dick jokes? <laughs> I know. Oh, it's 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 hardly only Heather. <laughs> I did find out with talking to Keith Lansdale that Joe Lansdale is very much so to dick jokes, and I never knew that.
0: <laughs> well, we'll just have to have him back. <laughs> Share you his know. favorites. What's your shirt say?
2: Uh, everything is fine. <laughs> 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 and it's a small... Um, uh, well it's a snake wrapped around the skull. So Not
0: appropriate. <laughs> it's from
2: one of our <laughs> artists here, uh Bombs Way Art, um, which they have a website and everything. Like 99% of the time a t shirt that I'm wearing is is from him. He actually is a neighbor of mine too.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: like our kids went to school, but he's got he's got like I have tons of artwork in here in the office from him. He does like really intricate um ink drawings and yeah.
1: He's, Did you say bombs way?
2: Uh, bombs away.
1: Art. Bombs away. Okay, bombs yeah. away art.
2: Yeah, actually, let me see if I, can, if I have any.
0: <laughs> Fuck.
2: I'm it. like, let me see if I have any of his stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know if you can.
0: Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, he 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 does, he has all kinds of things. He's got like print work and t-shirts and all that stuff. And we just had a big arts festival um which is where his gallery is located, so it was a different experience having an arts festival during during a pandemic, but yeah.
1: <laughs> Is that uh, bombsawayart.com?
2: Yes. I believe yes, I believe so. I actually included some of his um his postcards because he has some postcards like hello from Oklahoma and I had that included with some of my um swag <laughs> with like oh, give- cool. various giveaways over the summer. So it was kinda okay. Yeah, we kind of were working together on that.